You just playing? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, well, you want to answer this? I- I'll go. She's disgusted. Uh, <laughs> Hey, in case you can't see me, I got on a shirt that says this is my podcast shirt. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because I don't want to be changing shirts all the time because we're, we're filming this stuff. I just I don't have a lot of shirts. So I just thought I'd make it super clear as to what's going on here. This is my podcast shirt. And I am my co-host today. I say co-host, but we're really one. We're like um one one flesh host. Yes, we are. We're one flesh host. Today is my amazing wife, Ebony. Say what's up to my amazing wife, Ebony. Hello. Yeah, let's keep the applause going, people. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going, people. All right, stop. Let's do it again. Let's do it again, people. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Good job. Good job. Anyway, how are you? I am doing really well. How is it being married to me? It is, <laughs> is that pretty weird awesome. Is that actually. a weird question? Cool. No, you said it like you people gonna think you're a hostage though if you don't say it in your own. Like how the fact I asked, is there, we can't get out of this clean. Never mind. Mm-hmm. So today, this is funny how life works, right? Where yes. we use funny to help you understand how life works. But we're not just gonna do life today. What else are we doing today? We're gonna answer some questions. We are. We're gonna answer some marriage questions. So we asked you what were some questions you have about marriage, and we're gonna answer them. Why are we gonna answer them? Well, because we want to. And I'm not saying these answers are right. I wouldn't do any of this stuff, just for clarity, because it don't make sense at all. No, <laughs> no, we're not saying we're not marriage experts. We've only been married one time. Just mm-hmm. I like saying that just to make it clear that that's not how we are. That's not how we get down. But God has blessed us with some insights that seem to be helping at least a group of people. So maybe you're part of that group and some of this stuff can help you. We haven't heard these questions beforehand. These are the questions you sent in. We're going to answer them. We're going to take some voicemails. It's going to be great. You may be saying to yourself, how could I learn? What could I learn from Michael Jr. and Ebony about marriage when they answer some random questions from people on social media and voicemails? You're about to find out. Okay. I love this podcast. You'll be laughing out loud and all of a sudden, boom, something that can really help you drops in your lap. I like it because I unexpectedly learn about life. It is so funny. I get to laugh and learn about life at the same time. I like listening to Funny How Life Works with the car of my parents. <laughs> with the car in my parents okay. you want to do the sponsor non-sponsors sponsor non-sponsor today's non-sponsor sponsor is embrace grace no let's not go with them Okay. No, I'm just playing. Embrace Grace is fine. I love Embrace Grace. They're awesome. We give them money too. Like we, just so you know, Embrace Grace is a non-sponsor sponsor, but we actually give, we actually are paying our sponsor. This is a great deal for them. (laughs) It is. This is an awesome deal for Embrace Grace. Tell them what Embrace Grace is. Embrace Grace is a fabulous organization that comes alongside women with unplanned pregnancies and help them through that whole process. They love on them. They um, shower the love of Christ on them. They embrace grace. They, 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 they just empower them to be the moms that God has called them to be. They encourage them. And it's just a really amazing organization. I I'm about love to it. call them right now to see what they're up to. They change family trees. I'm going to call Embrace Grace. See if they're still embracing grace. 
because they could be embracing something different these days. We're going to call one of my, our contacts there and see. If she don't answer the phone, we're going to learn a lot. They're not embracing people. She might be at home with her husband and getting embraced. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the suspense. Hi, you preached Ah, That's so wrong. Never mind. Don't give him money. <laughs> <laughs> no, Embrace Grace is an awesome organization. Yes. Cool. Wonderful, wonderful. All right. So you want to do the... All right, I'll do it. The, the, the comments. I was giving you an opportunity to jump in, but you ain't... I'll do it. I'll do all the work just like at home. <laughs> so don't forget to subscribe. If you're listening, if you subscribe, you don't got to do nothing but wake up. Oh, you still tripping off that part. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> do all the work. Just like at home. Let me just go. Let me just dig myself in the hole more. I'll do all the work just like at home and with pregnancy. <laughs> Hey, we easy. I put in work. Okay. You did. Anyway. You sure did. <laughs> okay. So we want you to subscribe. Please subscribe to the podcast and tell some friends about it. If you don't have any friends, you really need to listen more because it's messed yeah. up. And leave a comment. And leave we, some comments. We really, if you leave comments, if you engage with this on YouTube, on Instagram, on whatever platform, it tells them to send it out to more people. And then more people could like this. The last episodes we did was about marriage. We talked to a couple who anyway is it could help somebody you don't even know how much you simply leaving a comment could actually help some other people so by all means do that at the end of this episode we got something we're going to give to you and uh it's it's pretty awesome and you won't have to pay for it because you listen to this episode so stick around to the end to get that thing now we're i think we're ready to take some questions yes some marital questions cool hope i can answer them let's go ahead and yeah well we, we can answer all the questions the stuff oh, may not true. be right we can yeah. answer it for sure <laughs> two plus two is 37 we yeah, answered it that's an answer no mean it was right we're going to do a voicemail right we're going to take voicemails in case you're wondering how do you leave a voicemail the way to leave a voicemail is just call us at 214-308-1177 leave a voicemail it could be about on any topic at all and then we'll go ahead and answer it. If you want to leave voicemail about marriage, we'll save it for when we're doing a marriage episode. Mm -hmm. But if you want to be about anything in life in general, any questions at all, any comments, go ahead and leave them there. And then we could play it on the air like this one, which we haven't heard yet. So action. Hey, Michael Jr. I was wondering, is it possible to be too comfortable with your wife? Well, you cross that line and it's now more of like a friend relationship versus that spouse relationship and you're just too comfortable. You go to the restroom together, you talk to each other. What, what do you think about that? Wow. Um, how, you go to the bathroom together. How does a guy and a girl, I know two dudes can go to the bathroom together, but how do, how do you go to the bathroom with your wife? I don't know how you, you mean, when you, you say to go to the bathroom together, that's your business. Yeah, I don't know if you could be too. I wouldn't. There's no way you're one flesh. The only way you could be too close is if she says back up and gets a restraining order. Now you got some different issues going on. But I would say yeah. no because you guys are one flesh. Have at it, man. Just don't make any videos. Your spouse should be your friend. So if you feel like you've moved from a spouse relationship into a friendship, I don't even know what I don't understand what that means really. Yeah. Because your 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 spouse should be your friend. You should be the best friend there ever could be to each other. You should be as comfortable as Adam and Eve were walking around in the garden naked. Like you should be that kind of comfortable. Like you're one flesh. So no, I don't think that you can be too comfortable. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's some, somebody could dream up something that I would be like, okay, that's yeah. weird. But as far as I can think. Mm -hmm. But don't go to Olive Garden walking around naked. 
That's not what she's yeah, saying. No, you don't can't do that. don't do that because it's Olive Garden and the Garden is different places. I think that I think that's a goal. Or Madison Square Garden. Don't go around there walking. <laughs> there. Like, don't don't do that. Yeah. So here's the thing. What I would add to that, if if you if I'm wondering where the question may have come from, if your wife said to you, "Hey, you little, I'm using a restaurant," like if she's saying you're a little too close, um. And if that hurts you in any way, you should get curious about that. Like, just get curious. I love the fact that you're curious to ask even such a question as that. Or maybe you're feeling that she's a little too close. Just get curious about that as well. But if both of you guys are good with it, roll yeah. with that. That is awesome. I yeah. like it. Matter of fact, congratulations. That sounds like a phenomenal relationship. Mm-hmm. Boom. Next question. We'll do a voicemail. Next voicemail. Michael Jr. James here. My question is this. We all lead lead busy lives and spending time on relationships, we got to balance it correctly. Mm -hmm. So when balancing between children, spouse, and Jesus, uh, what would be the proper priority of those relationships uh, in a family's life? I've been married 32 years. I think I got the answer. Um, but I'd like to hear your perspective and why. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a great, great, great question. And oh. <laughs> you can edit this part out if you like. <laughs> my answer is Jesus first. Because if my relationship with Jesus is correct, then my relationship with my spouse has a better chance of being healthy. And then if my relationship with my spouse, spouse is healthy, Together being one flesh, we have a better chance in raising our children correctly. Mm-hmm. Wow. So mine would be Jesus' spouse children. That's my two cents. You could edit that part out and put in your comment, but that's my belief. Wow. Uh, mean, thanks for the opportunity oh, to uh, uh, ask questions and hear answers. Absolutely. God bless you both. Bye. That was beautiful. Not only did he ask the question and answer it, he produced the show too. He let us know we can edit stuff out. I don't think there's anything else for us to do here. That was, no, that was great. I, I'll, I'll add a little bit to that. What, it, what His order is absolutely correct. Yes. And the reason, and obviously God first, but the reason you want to put your your spouse before your kids is because you want your kids to do the same. Otherwise, your leg, your legacy doesn't work. Mm-hmm. If you keep putting kids first and the spouse feels neglected, you heighten the chances that that relationship won't work. Will end. And yeah. then you're leaving potentially a legacy of marriages that aren't working. Mm-hmm. You want to model to your children how important a spouse is so they can both expect that and then give that to their spouses as well. I agree. Boom. That's right. Enough said. Yeah. In fact, ours, if we had to go verbally and give you the priorities, it would be God. Now I need you to listen to the gaps. Here it is. God, spouse, children. work mm-hmm. <laughs> just do a little extra in there some of you some people listening like what happened am i what happened i was letting the gaps in between help you understand the distance in between them for real so the first one's got and then the rest of them came after that see how fast i said lord yeah God. actually our kids can call him at any time and if his phone's on him 
He will answer it, even yeah. on stage. Yeah, I've answered the phone. That's just a given. My kids call me. I'm on stage. I'm answering. Hello. Mm-hmm. So you've probably been in the audience. If you're watching right now, you've probably been in the audience where I answered the phone. And it was probably my son. I called him once and he answered and he was on stage. I was like, sir, it's not that important. <laughs> Listen, one time I called. Did you call me? No, 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 no. You called me. I called you. And I answered. Because I was at the, I, I, we had just had our second grandbaby and I was at the hospital. But it was, just, I just wanted to talk about something general. But I didn't check to see where he was. And I answered and she was in the hospital with our daughter having a baby. I mean, the baby was already there. He had just left me. Let me just say that. Yeah, he I'm, just he, left the hospital. So, of course, I'm answering the phone in. We just had a baby. <laughs> I'm answering the phone. We got to answer the phone. We can't not answer the phone. It's a baby. All right, cool. Let's take a question from social media. Nick is going to read the question. Yeah, this is from Rosemary on Facebook. Rosemary, on her last name is on Facebook? Wow, Rosemary on Facebook. Why is it that my husband won't let me eat from his plate when we're out having dinner? It's what we do. Hashtag us wives. Mm-mm. Oh, apparently it's not. Mm, Don't no. put me in that group. <laughs> not when you wives. say eat from the plate, what you talking about exactly, Rosemary? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, you want to answer this? I- I'll go. She's disgusted. Uh, <laughs> so here's why your husband, I'm going to give you the deep answer right here. This is why your husband won't let you eat from the plate. It's because you want to eat from his plate. Let me explain. If you if you have a desire to eat from your husband's plate and then he says no and you get upset about it, there's something that you need to look. You need to get curious on the inside as to why you got upset about it. But also, why is it so important to eat from his plate? There's probably something there that happened in the past, probably before you can actually remember. There's something going on. It causes you to want to have something that is outside of your reach. Mm. Something that's not really that you don't that you shouldn't have access to, that you want access to, and it's probably mirroring something from your past. So I would get curious about that thing to find out what it is because your spouse is giving you a golden opportunity to probably get some freedom in that area. And then I'm telling you, as crazy as this may sound, after that. Once you're free from this, I know it sounds crazy. Your husband will probably randomly take his fork, stick it in his plate, and, and and offer it to you. I know it sounds crazy. We've seen it time and time again. There's an area where you need to be free from. And I just want to add that. It's going to be real practical. It is going to be practical. Watch. That sometimes when we get married, we've been married for a long time, we get really, really comfortable with our spouse, and that's a good thing. But you don't want to stop doing common courtesies. And even though everything that is is his is yours and yours is his, when you reach into somebody's plate without asking, there there's a common courtesy thing that a line that just got crossed, and just say, hey, is it okay? Can I can I have a fry? Is it okay with you? My husband says I don't have to ask. You don't have to ask me. But as a common courtesy, I will always ask before I reach into his plate, just because I love him and I I don't ever want to forget that he, that I I should always always be kind to him too, not just strangers. She don't got to ask. <laughs> she can just jump in, but she wants to. So I, I, don't I let her ask. Don't forget to say please, thank you, excuse me, may uh, I? Like those are still. When you say please, don't be like please. That's not the, that's a different <laughs> please. These are people. just please. ways to honor your spouse. Yeah, it's cool. But some of y'all are like, eh, you don't got to do that. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? We we were just we were just together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just <laughs> Next saying. question. Next question. 
All right, how do you end a conflict conversation well? How do you know when the conflict is over and things are okay between you and your spouse? Any clues or tips would be appreciated. Ooh, sounds like it. Wow, how do you know when a conflict is over? Some people would assume that the conflict is over when they're not mad anymore. Yeah. You that can, ain't it. You cannot be mad anymore and still not have resolution. Ooh. So you know the conflict is over when you've processed to the end to a resolution. That means that I agree on, on, on I, I, I agree and understand you agree and understand. And I'm not, I'm not just bailing out so that I can get out the conversation. Yeah. So, so the, and all you're getting, get understanding. That's where, that's the main goal of all conflicts. You want to get understanding. I want, I want to understand what he's saying and he wants to understand what I'm saying. Right. And when you get to the place of understanding, resolution can take place. And that's when you know you've gotten to the end of, the, of, of a conflict. If you don't, if you get to the end of your day and you still don't have resolution, you should keep talking. Yeah. And that is brilliant advice, especially when we're referring to conflicts in the moment. So if someone closed the door too hard and you got upset and you don't like it and then you talk it through why and then that person decides okay I'm not gonna slam the door anymore and then you're like cool that could be resolution for that conflict in the moment but there may be something even deeper that you can look at later or or w by yourself and we talk about this in this course we created called funny how marriage works where a slam door is somehow triggering something else so so in the moment that conflict can be over exactly as she explained it but if you want to go deeper so when a door slams, it doesn't bother you at all mm -hmm. and you have full, really not just resolution, but dissolvement of the entire scenario, you want to get curious as to why did that door closing that way bother me so much? You start to get kind of curious about it because that right there will, will free you in a significant way. But both work like you, you need some resolution on conflicts in the moment so you can get to work so you can get some sleep so you can do whatever but then if you want to go deeper you want to uh probably practice some of the things we talked about as well so yep. by the way if you want to get the course you can it's at uh course.michaeljr.com it's an awesomely fun course all right we're gonna go ahead and listen to another voicemail hi michael jr this is hannah i was wondering um what is your best advice for a couple getting married my fiance and i are getting married in june and we just want to do it the godly way, the right way. Um, we're not going to be fully prepared for it, obviously. But what's your best advice? Love oh, your comedy. Oh. Thanks. Okay, cool. All right. Best advice for a couple just getting married. Hannah, wow. Number one, slow down. You're talking really fast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Go ahead. What was your advice? Um, about to get married. Wow. That is awesome. Congratulations, uh, I think. <laughs> the oh, best advice. That's awesome that I can give for a couple that's about to get married is to make sure that you've done the work before you get married uh, because love is she not enough. She wants you enough. to postpone your wedding. Is that what you're saying? Um, no, maybe. Sorry. I don't know. It depends on where they are. Uh -huh. um, but love is, love is not enough. Um, and sometimes uh, just loving each other and loving God is you'll still get people still get divorced because they don't have any tools. They don't know what triggers them? They don't know where where they need healing at. They, you know, they have all these things going on in their lives, and you you can't be a good wife or you can't be a good husband if you're if you're severely broken. Like yeah. you have to be at least aware <laughs> of your brokenness so that you can move forward and not 
hurt your spouse as well in the process. So the the best advice um, I have before getting married is to prepare your heart and your mind and your emotions um, for that by starting the journey of becoming whole. Absolutely. Because uh, as you, the more you start that journey, the more you recognize that you got some stuff that's kind of broke and then it won't be a surprise when you get married. Yeah. Because it's going to show up. People think they get they get married to the, oh, I'm going to marry the right person. And they, this is the thought they have, maybe without articulating it. I, I love this person so much, they're not going to push any of my buttons. And I'm not going to push any of theirs. And that is not what marriage is about. What you're really saying when you get married, whether you want to articulate it or not, what you're really saying, if you want to be successful, is you're saying, I love this person so much, I'm going to trust them with all of my buttons knowing that they'll get pushed. Mm -hmm. If you go into it with that mindset that you're going to trust them with your buttons and when they push it and then when you get triggered, instead of pushing out, you press in, goodness gracious, you have set yourself up for success. If you go into your marriage recognizing that you're broken, you'll be in such a better place. And you don't have to be perfect. It's just the awareness. I know where I'm broken and I know how this affects other people. That will save a marriage. Yeah, and it doesn't mean you stay broken. It just means you know, you, you just say, I know where I'm broken, mm -hmm. but guess what? You're going to find some other spots too. They're going to show you some stuff. They will. They may not be able to articulate it. One of my favorite lines, I didn't write, I just say it and I added a word to it. Life will bring you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free yet. And one of those people, absolutely for sure, is going to be your spouse. spouse. And when you get married, you're saying, this is the person I trust who going to present me with some circumstances to show where I'm not free. And as a result of knowing that I'm about to get that way. Yep. Boom. All right. Second, another question. Yeah. This is from Carol on Facebook. She Carol. She says, Carol, I know Carol. She says, why can't marriage be exciting and fun after 32 years? Ooh. Let me ask you, Carol. Why, why can't, can't marriage be exciting <laughs> after 30? Why, why can't it be? Whoa. That's great. So here's the thing. It's really a perspective thing mm -hmm. because Carol, if you say, why can't it be exciting after 30 years? That means you've already decided that it can't be excited. So, so the number one thing that people want in life is to be right. It's the number one thing people want. So right now, if your perspective truly is, is after 30 years, marriage cannot be exciting and, and fun. You could go to Disney world with your spouse and when you get there, it won't be fun mm -hmm. because your number one requirement, your number one desire is to be right. So you're not going to be wrong about it. You just went to Disney World. and At some point, you're going you're gonna to slingshot right back to marriages and fun. The example I like to use, uh, we use sometimes is about the girls in the library. Oh, yes. So if a woman walks into a library who has the viewpoint that there are no good men around, and she walks into a library and there are two men in the library. One of them is stinking awesome. And the other one is a thug. Which one do you think she's going to notice? Yeah. She's going to find the thug. If she has to be right, she doesn't even see the guy who's worth something. Right. She sees the thug. Exactly. Because she needs to confirm her thought. That all good, all, they're all the all the men that are left are no good. Exactly, and even if she happens, let's say the thug isn't in the library no more, he's not there no more, and but her belief is still there's no good men out there. If she finds the good man who's a ten, 
We're going to make he's in a he's a doggone tent. If she finds him, her ego still has to be right. Mm -hmm. Therefore, she is going to find something wrong with him, even though there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong because she has to be right. And the sad part is, is she wants to be right about something she doesn't even want. Right. So if you open up the possibilities, you open up the possibilities. Boom, 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 boom. All right, here's the question. Every time I go to my in-laws house, they criticize me in some way. It's hard uh, to keep a good attitude around them. Is this something my wife should talk to her parents about? How should I handle this without bringing more conflict into the family? This is not okay. Wow. 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 Here's, um, mm-hmm. It's not okay, but it is. Yeah. Yeah, here, here's what I would say. And I know this is a big jump for most people. It's a big jump for me. But if we're supposed to be like Jesus, Jesus got beat down. Like he got beat down and he was carrying his cross. Then when he got hung up on the cross, he said to the people, he said to God about the people who were around him, forgive them for they don't know what what they're doing. Like, how did he get there? Like, how did he get there? So my, my response to that was, was get there. Like, and what I mean is don't just try to, there's a, there's been a saying for a long time that says, what would Jesus do? I don't want you to do what he did. I want you to, uh, the, the question should be, the bracelet should say, how would Jesus be? Because in that same scenario, if he went to that house and Jesus has been to a bunch of places where people talk really bad about him, like how, how was he and how did he get there? And he was a hundred percent man and a hundred percent God. So he did something on the inside. Like he, he didn't slap anybody because he didn't want to slap anybody as an example, meaning it wasn't even in him to slap somebody where you're probably there holding it in and then you're mad and then you're upset and you're trying not to create conflict. So there's something on the inside that you have to do to get free. So even when you go into those areas, you have an attitude of forgive them, but they don't know what they're doing. And then when you get free from that thing, that stuff will probably die down. It'll stop. I'm telling you, it's just an assignment that they probably have unknowingly to help you get free. And I'm I'm just going to assume that you've had a conversation already with your wife about this, but um, there's also um, a perspective change that could happen as in That's people don't hurt people unless they have some hurt inside of them. And so when somebody comes at you foul or they say something that's offbeat or to the left or whatever, if you could have the awareness to say, wow, there must be something really hurtful going on inside of them because this is this is how they feel better about themselves. They feel better about themselves by inflicting me with some kind of pain. And if you could just if you could find some compassion in that moment, It'll it'll change how it affects you, and it and it, it'll just roll off. Like Absolutely. it it won't affect you the way that it did before, because now it's not it's not even about you. What people say about you, it's never about you. It's how they feel about themselves and how they're seeing the world. It doesn't have anything to do about your integrity or who you are, your character, or whatever. It's their perception, which means it originates inside of them, not you. Yeah. And so it's not personal. You can just have compassion for people who don't really have a good way of managing their emotions that is so great yeah because it is about them that is that is very well said all right the off the cuff moment that i go off the cuff on is when joel just asked a question about his in-laws not being as nice as they could be 
What you want to do whenever someone says something that hurts you is you don't want to necessarily, I don't recommend your default be to question them. I know this is kind of deep, but one thing you want to do is you want to question yourself. Because let's say that you're a woman who's 83 years old and you're 5'3". Let's just imagine that you're that woman right now. And I say to you, there is no way you're ever going to play in the NBA. How would you feel about that? Chances are you would laugh. It wouldn't hurt you or affect you at all, which means there's 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 nothing there. It, you would giggle. Mm -hmm. But now let's say that you're a man and you're you play basketball in college, or let's just say you're a mom, just a, just a basic mom, and you got five kids. And I say to you, you know what, you're basic mom. I don't know what a basic mom <laughs> is. I'm just throwing it out there. Let's say you're a mom, and I say to you. I don't know if you're a really good mom. And that hurts you a little bit. You have to get curious as to why it hurt you because all I'm saying to you are some words. So the question you have to ask is, do I believe that in any way? You actually have to use that insult as an opportunity to get curious to see if there's anything about that statement that you believe. Because when you were 83, you did not want to be a basketball player. You Like you didn't care, it just rolled right off you. But that statement didn't roll off of you. So anytime someone says something to you and it doesn't easily roll off of you, get curious. Don't just try to change them. Again, I've said it before, it's one of my favorite things to say. Peace does not come from changing your circumstances. Peace comes from not allowing your circumstances to change you. That doesn't mean you're holding it in. Ah, can't believe they said that. That means that it's not affecting you it's rolling off and that's where you want to get to curiosity is the key you just got to know which way to turn it it is funny how life works we got a giveaway for you guys you want to talk about the giveaway something yes. we're giving away it's going to help your marriage a lot like in a big way we have a mini course called Four things that can improve your marriage right now. And it's available to you for free. Yes. Four things you can do to improve your marriage right now. We're going to send it to you. Just go to michaeljr.com slash four things. It's also in the show notes. You can just click and then you'll get these four things. We'll send you the email. We'll send you the PDF. It's going to be awesome. We're about to spin the wheel to answer a random question. The random question is... Boom. Who is your favorite grade school teacher? Mr. George. And why? Because he was awesome. Remind me of Jesus. And I even <laughs> ought to know Jesus when I was in grade school. <laughs> Mr. George is my favorite teacher. I had him for three years. No, my favorite Same teacher grade. was uh was Mr. Miller, second grade. No, no, no. Mr. George is better. I don't I don't know. I do. Mr. George is awesome. I'm actually go ahead. Mr. Miller was awesome because he encouraged us in a way like we all felt like academic superstars in second grade like he was the kindest gentlest but just had a masculine presence in the room i just i i, I can see his face now just when my he's my favorite teacher ever you see his face right now yes like, do, do, i'm sure he doesn't look that way anymore you visualize but... him often nope okay that would be sure. weird you said he was masculine and you could see him I mean, he was a man. I mean, hindsight, he probably wasn't that, that masculine now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, that, that's a good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Mr. George was awesome as well, and uh, I can't find him. Like, really, I went to Ottawa Hills in Grand Rapids, Michigan, 
And Mr. George was the greatest teacher ever. And then I tried to find him to say, hey, what's up? I really appreciate you. You did great stuff. And we can't find him. And I know this will sound weird. He wore sandals at school. He was a white dude, probably 6'2", long hair and a beard. And we don't know where he is now. <laughs> I, think, I think Mr. George ascended, for real. I think, <laughs> I think my middle school teacher, uh, I think I was at Iroquois then, or, and then he came up to Ottawa. I, I think he ascended. I, I really think I was getting taught by Jesus. Like, it's a wow. chance. So we, they say we get entertained by angels. Jesus wasn't an angel. He wasn't. I, I'm going to end it there. Because I, I don't know enough this theology is, to go any further. This going well. Yeah, cool. Well, it's better than Mr. Um, what was his Miller? What was his Mr. Budweiser? Was your teacher Miller? Same thing. Some drunk dude. You know, Mr. George is better. Boom. We out. We love you for real. Oh, we got you the free thing. Go, go get, get it. it. Go go get it for real. Michaeljr. dot com slash four things. It's gonna help your marriage for real. We out. Boom.